0: What's going on, friends and family? Thank you so much for joining. Every day is a Saturday. I'm your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. Hey, guys, another great day, another great episode. I'm super excited for my next guest. She is a United States Marine veteran and she is currently traveling and making music. Let's meet our fellow next hero, Barbara Sim. There she is. What's going on, Barbara?
1: Hey. <laughs>
0: Welcome, welcome. So you for- let's go ahead and get to know Barbara Sim and get to know why you joined the Marine Corps, when you joined the Marine Corps, and uh, how life is treating you now.
1: Uh, Don't um, be afraid
0: to give us the long version too, the long way home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I've never been much of a talker, but I'll do my best. Um, <clears throat> I joined the Marine Corps in 2005. And I actually was in the Army National Guard first, so I did split up through my junior, and senior year of high school, and then I, um, I literally went to Army boot camp right after I did my cheerleading camp that summer, uh, and then I went to my senior year, and I, uh, I got injured in cheerleading. And I missed my AIT date for the Army, and they gave me a general discharge and told me to come back in a year, and I went down to Florida. Um, and kind of puttered around a little bit for a year there. And I was like, no, I wanna be in the military. So I went back and I was actually gonna join the Air Force because I wanted to be an Air Force, or I mean, an aerospace physiologist. (laughs) I wanted to work for NASA. And uh, I went in and they weren't taking prior service. So I couldn't join the Air Force. And I walked out of the Air Force office and there's a Marine standing there smoking. And I legit at the time thought that only men could join the Marine Corps because I thought it was like all grunts. And, um, the guy was like, are you joining the air force? And I'm like, no, they won't take me I'm prior service. And he was like, well, come on in, we'll take you. <laughs> so I went into the Marine Corps recruiting right. office, and, um, he showed me all the videos of all, like the MOS's and stuff. And, uh, I'd already had my ass fab and I scored well enough to get anything I wanted, so I wanted to be Intel public relations or logistics were my top three choices and, um, I got logistics. So I went back to boot camp because you know, Marines, you have to go to boot camp again. So um, I did boot camp in June 2005. And uh, then I got stationed in Okinawa.
0: Red Patcher, and, right? Were you a yeah. Red Patcher or no? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 0481 no. Red Patcher. Yeah. My okay. school four Yeah. Yeah. I was, so a,
0: I, was like, I was a 351 supply.
2: Awesome. Everybody thinks I'm supply when I say logistics. I'm like, no, no yeah,
0: nope, definitely <laughs> different. Yep.
2: Yeah, I, I was like, I a, a lot of people I do get, get that mixed up. <laughs> What's that?
0: I said a lot of people do get it mixed up.
2: Yeah, I was like, no, I'm not the cool people that can get you all the free stuff because <laughs> that's Facts. what everybody thought supply was. <laughs>
0: Sometimes, I mean, it depends on if you're in the right supply. I mean, I my first unit, we were dealing with nothing but little nuts and bolts. Uh, the mm. second unit, I was dealing with it was all stuff for when you uh, deploy. You know, when we deployed, so it was all the GP tents, uniforms, uh, plates, all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah. When were you
0: in? I was in from 2000 to 2004.
2: Okay, so you got so out before I got in.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Went over to uh the good old Middle East in two thousand three, and then uh spent like I think I was there for what some January to July. So yeah, six seven months, and then I got out. I wasn't gonna stay in because they were about to send me right back. Not that time. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I really want to go back there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I was checking in in my unit in Okinawa. They were like, You ready to go to Iraq? And I'm like, I mean, sure, I don't really have a choice though. <laughs> it was right. funny because when I joined, my recruiter was like, Oh no, you're not gonna deploy, you're good. So I called him from Iraq and was like, Guess where I'm at? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, so like, you oh. didn't
0: it didn't take you long, huh? Uh, so you got no. sent to Oki right off right off the jump. Yeah. Wow, that was your first duty station. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that's kind of like you know, you don't usually get that kind of right off rip. But uh
2: yeah, I put overseas. Me, me and my oh, buddy you wanted to go overseas? We, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was hoping I'd get Hawaii. And uh, me and my <laughs> friend put overseas and she got Hawaii and I got Okinawa. So oh. still haven't been to
0: Hawaii. <laughs> well, that's mm-hmm. a bum. You I actually really think? liked
2: it. I liked japanese culture so yeah it was really pretty
0: yeah. i've heard some really cool things and some really crazy stories about japan so uh
2: <laughs> yeah i'm not going to share them on a recorded podcast
0: yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't it's one of those things that probably should stay in uh, japan <laughs> <laughs> i was
2: lucky though when i got back from iraq and i got sent over to k5 um, on kadena it was like a detachment um I was the only Lance Corporal with a driver's license, so I got to go get a car. Um, So that kind of opened up things a little bit more for me, where I got to explore the island a little bit more. And that was probably my favorite part. I went up to stories.
0: I heard stories about if you bought a car over there, it just stays there. It's just a car, you get it, and, you know, it just kind of rotates through to the next person. Is that kind of how it was for you? You bought it from someone else that was leaving?
2: Yeah, there's like a lot. There was like a car lot on base of like just used cars, and it was like I think I got it like a Cadillac or something. It's like an old school <laughs> grandma car, but like it was a boat, actually one of
0: time. those old caddies that were just like that kind of float in the <laughs> air while you're driving.
2: <laughs> uh, it was nice.
0: My grandma had one of those. Ain't gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it was nice. Though. It was nice getting to drive that little bit of freedom as a lance corporal
0: yeah right i heard yeah. there was uh like uh there were certain um curfews too and like different i don't know how they did it but there were certain curfews and you had to have a card or something to get it back in on base and if you didn't have the right color card during that time you'd get in trouble or something to that effect yeah that
2: the red card gold card the accurate yeah ah
0: yeah yeah that's crazy
2: <laughs> well there was like i think there was a lot of like off-base incidences that prompted that and I remember well, I got stuck, I, I, got stuck off night and, um, I couldn't get back on base and I tried to bribe a honcho driver like a taxi driver to put me in his trunk so I could get back on base <laughs> and he wouldn't do it he like ran away he was like no 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 I'm like fine so I literally slept on the sidewalk off-base that night and then got back on base in the morning <laughs> I wasn't alone nice. I was a friend <laughs> <laughs>
0: but i've um, heard of stories about people who have to get in the trunk or uh definitely have to sneak their way in because it's past that time yeah and they're making it trying to make it in with the people that had the right guard yeah it's too funny with marines <laughs> you know when there's a will there's a way and uh <laughs> you'll never be surprised what the marine will do yeah especially for some liberty yeah. right Little extra time out and about.
2: Yeah, we woke up. We were sleeping on some steps in front of a business building, and we woke up to some Japanese business guys like, "Hello, get out of the way!"
0: <laughs> Sweeping you away with us. Get out of here. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, they're, they're so uh, Americans. they Americans. Like, they were like, they were always like, almost apologizing know, yeah. to us for being in their way. They were just, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, daytime. yeah, definitely
0: not the same culture as it here in uh, the U.S., especially where I live in California, where it's yeah. just nothing but rude people. You know what I mean? They see you on the the curb, they might kick you. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, well, everybody was really kind. At least the ones I came across.
0: Nice, that's great. So, how long were you in Japan before you ended up having to deploy?
2: I was checking into my unit in Okinawa and that was in, so I spent a little bit more time at MCT cause I broke my feet. Um, mm. So I had to get recycled.
0: Feet? Or you're just yeah. your foot?
2: My feet. So I I broke my left foot. I like fractured all my metatarsals um, on a hump. Like I was like a buck 20 and my pack was like a hundred pounds. And my body just, my feet just cracked, and um, and then I put a boot on and I was recycled, and then um, I jumped out the back of a seven ton with all my gear on, and both my feet broke mm-hmm. that time, and so I had to get recycled again. And then all I had left after that was like the ten mile hike, so I finished that, and then I got to go to the fleet. So like I barely made it.
0: <laughs> no kidding! My gosh, you literally <laughs> limped through it. Like I mean. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah you're lucky you didn't get medivac i mean i mean not medivac but uh medical discharge from the second time They're i know like,
2: golly. I, I remember i was <laughs> when i was hiking um i was like going and going and i just kept going lower and lower and lower and then i'm like crawling and i'm still trying to keep up and the guy was like the sergeant came over he was like the fuck are you doing sim i was like my feet hurt kind of bad <laughs> i'm just trying to keep going and they put me in the back of the seven ton and I took my shoes off and they were like just swollen. So I did I did try to keep going but it didn't work. Thankfully I got to get through it and I went to the fleet and then that was in like June I think of 06. And then two months later we were training in Fuji. Um and then I was I got to Iraq in August of 06. And then left wow. in March 07. And we were I was in Alessada, I worked on a flight line. <laughs> and then um in January of 07, I did the Lioness, which is the feet they're called female engagement team now. So I did a month of that in Haklania. Uh, they attached me to two three Marines.
0: Uh can you explain what that is? I uh, that's even new to me. I had never even heard of that. So I'm sure a lot of people out there have no clue.
2: Yeah, Lioness um, is a group of female you have to volunteer for it. Um, and they you, you get like two weeks of training and then they send you out to the grunts and you get attached to a grunt unit and then you search the females and children when you're like at traffic control points or like um like cordon searches, like when they go house to house and they'll like clear the house and then you go back behind them and like search the females and children. It was more like just because the, the men weren't allowed to touch the women, just for like cultural differences especially
0: so, yeah yeah especially over there she's
2: yeah so it was helpful to have the women where we could search the females and still be like respectful of their culturing is but um they they would hide a lot of stuff on the women you know because they didn't think anybody would look in their ribs so yeah that's, <laughs> basically, that's basically what i did i just searched females search a whole
0: bunch of people huh did you yeah. ever come across finding stuff in your, you know, uh, when you were doing searches, or?
2: Yeah, really? we found like a lot of like, um, like contraband would be like American money, um, and like fake IDs and like sniper rounds, and like little things like that. We never found. I never personally found any like bombs or uh, things like that, but there was. I was one of two females in my unit, <clears throat> and um, the other female she went into the group after me. Her group replaced me, um, so we we kind of crossed paths at Haditha Dam. But um, she went down to Barwana, which was right across the river from Haklania, and um, she was actually killed by a suicide bomber on uh, February seventh, two thousand seven. 2007. So it was a suicide bomber. It was a female, and she from the stories. I've talked to a few people that were there they said there was a female in a truck that drove through the tcp and um explode and there was like eight iraqis that were killed a uh, sergeant major and Gen- and corporal jennifer purcell and i met it wow. was so crazy because <clears throat> um i met a guy that was there like years later in 2012 and um i'd heard like stories about how everything had happened, but he was actually there. Um, So he got to tell me, you know, exactly how it went down. And uh, he was there. He actually was standing behind the sergeant major and was like, I guess he said he was protected. Anyway, I'm not going to go into all the details, but it's pretty crazy. Um, And it hit our unit hard because, like, we didn't expect to lose anybody on our deployment in losing one of the two females, I think, hit some of the guys really hard.
0: uh, I can only imagine. Now, was that hard being females in a predominant, you know, I mean, with all, I mean, obviously, you're probably two two females to like 20 20 males at least, probably, or so, or or more?
2: Yeah, when we got back from Iraq, um, we got more females into the unit, but I'd been sent over to K-5 where I was the only female there for a while. Um, So always being the only female, it's, it's like, you have to be separated in some sense because, you know, female males, and it's kind of in a way to protect both, you know, but it's also like hard to feel that camaraderie and feel like you actually belong when you have that separation. And so I think I struggled a lot with camaraderie and then always like the sexual harassment was always there. So yeah. that was annoying. <laughs> and I've always been like, right. I've, I've never been like, kind of like a lot of women could be like, well fuck that and like fight back and be a little bit more aggressive with it. And I was always more kind of timid and I, and yeah. I was so young. I, I think I was just still learning how to stand up for myself. So I think that was a big challenge for me. Military. you're
0: probably like the kind that maybe just like chuckled it off and and even though it probably was bugging you right i mean yeah. i can see that you know that sucks i mean that that part that's the part that it always irks me to hear when uh you know females go into a unit and they feel like a piece of meat or just you know disrespected and not part of the, the actual team yeah you know, and to be very,
2: does... you have to be very uh careful about you know should I report this or shouldn't I? Because you don't want to be like a troublemaker or um you don't want any like negative spotlight on you, especially when you're already like the only female. So it's like, yeah. It's yeah,
0: and then you get put in the back, you know, or you get put on all the shit details and you do they just force you to hate life. Um typically that's what happens when someone stands up for something they get uh treated like shit or standing up for something that's right so i i do get that and then i'm sure i mean now did you have guys that were like close to you too kind of stuck out for you or did that unit in particular was just a really rough unit to be with
2: no i think for the most part um everybody was pretty good um i mean there's definitely worse out there there was some sexist guys and, you know, you belong in the kitchen or the bedroom bullshit. Um, There was a few events that were pretty messed up, um, especially looking back. But I just kind of like buried it while I was there. Um, And I remember when I first got to my unit, um, one of the corporals tried to like take me under his wing and he was trying to befriend me and like help me. He'd be like, we'd be walking to the chow hall, and he'd be, you know, quizzing me on Marine Corps knowledge and just trying to help me like learn the ropes, you know, taking me under his wing. And maybe like two weeks later, we got called into the first sergeant's office for fraternizing. And so it was another one of those like divisive things where like
0: can't be a friend or you know friend. gets misconstrued or yeah bad perception.
2: Yeah, so it's like you're just isolated even more.
0: So Yeah, that's that's gotta be rough. And I mean it it is I think too when you you know around your time it was kind of new for the females to be in the combat zone and be in the front lines and stuff. It was still relatively kind of new. Um mm-hmm. and so I know that when you guys probably showed up to that unit it, and you guys are getting plugged in with infantry guys who just train day in, day out at that time with nothing but males, you know, they go to SOI, it's nothing but males. And, and you know, they get in the fleet, it's predominantly males. And it sounds like for the deployment, they had to do this whole thing and make, a, because they got into a region where they're like, oh, crap. You know these ladies over here cannot be touched by other men you know it's their culture and stuff so it almost forced them to have to do this as well but it, it i mean it sounds like it was needed but it's 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 hard because you guys were the beginning of that kind of transition you know
2: yeah i will say that my time with the grunts was amazing like the grunts that i was out there with they were so respectful and they treated me like a marine they you know I carried my share with the weight or whatever you want to call it. But like, I think that was my favorite time in the Marines that, cause I actually felt like I was a Marine and I was actually out there making a difference. And I mean, yeah, when I was doing logistics, I was like, you know, part of the, you know, one of the cogs in the machine that runs it or whatever. But like that, my time with those grunts was probably my favorite and that nobody was like inappropriate. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. We well, cause there. you know what? I, I would think that in that world, it's you know because you're you want to everybody wants to go home, and you want to and it's, the big part about it is making sure you're doing your share, you know, and that, and people don't have to pick up for your slack, priority. you know.
2: Yeah, what's that? Mission's priority and the mission's priority and like everybody right. coming home exactly. So there's no room for any bullshit.
0: Nah, yeah, that's the nice part about I guess going, you know, forward is that uh, it's all about business and there's no fuckery games there Mm -hmm. and, you know, police calls and (laughs) all this stuff you got to do when you're back and all the fuck-fuck games they do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and then we got back to Okinawa and it's just like everybody just, there's, I mean, you're drinking, so alcohol always adds bullshit to the equation, um, brings out the worst in some people and a lot of jobs you don't really get to do unless you're in combat so it's like you're just kind of you, there's more what is it idle hands are the devil's handiwork so there's more room for dumb shit to go down in garrison than.
0: oh yeah you mean i mean go on tiktok you'll see a lot of uh these videos now and it's just them just playing you know doing a whole bunch of fuckery games and and uh messing around that uh, you you give marines uh, a large amount of them too much time free time and and leave them alone (laughs) something's gonna (laughs) be destroyed someone's gonna be hurt something you know who knows what you're gonna get (laughs) but uh so when you went back to uh okinawa how long were you there? Did you did you do your full uh term there or did you get to go did you get uh, stationed
2: somewhere else in the state? I got so I met my future husband in Okinawa. Um and he was stationed in Beaufort, South Carolina. He was an air winger and um when I came up to my my two years were over and it was time to PCS, um, I wanted to be where he was. So, we weren't even married yet, but I got sent to Beaufort And they don't even have my MOS there, so I was in the S-4, um, and I was there for a year where we also got married. Um, And we did end up getting divorced about six months after I got out, so that didn't last very long. But, um, yeah, my last year in the Marine Corps was in Beaufort at the air station. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So let's go (laughs) ahead and switch up the gears a little bit and talk about what you got going on now and, and, uh, kind of your whole music career and, and all those types of things. And I'm, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about mental health and all those type of things. Cause I know a lot of us, when we leave, we, we got a lot of mental health. And I think when we're young, we don't deal with all of it, at, you know, and, uh, creates a lot of issues. And then when we get older, we're like, Oh my gosh, you know, like, wish I would have handled some stuff a long time ago, but I'm sorry, but yeah. let's go ahead and get to know more about your music career and uh, things of that nature.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. When I got out, um, there was a lot of traumatic events before, during and after my military service that um, I don't really feel like going into details, but sure. um, the, uh, when I got out, I, I, I got divorced and that was tied into a traumatic event and I kind of crashed. Like I, I was an alcoholic for most 2010. Like I got not remember much of that year. Um, <clears throat> and then 2011, I went inpatient. Um, but that was, you were it just wasn't really
0: a, a broken person. Yeah. At that time you just were yeah. really broken. Yeah.
2: Handling yeah. I, with, I,
0: uh, I yeah.
2: Yeah. I, 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 and my dad's an alcoholic and my grandma was too. So it's like already kind of in there, like predisposed. Right. Um, yeah. But I also knew how badly it could affect you and others. And I wanted to, I, I like, I remember sitting there. I was like, you can't do this. Like this isn't who you are. But um, I went to inpatient in New York, and it was actually a, um, a civilian organization. It was their first time working with veterans and they really didn't have their program hashed out. They didn't really understand military veterans challenges very well. Okay. Um, and ended up leaving there before I was supposed to, <laughs> and I went back to South Carolina um, where my sisters lived. And I um, was well. and then I went out to Missouri and I did, <clears throat> a program called focus Marines. I don't know if you've heard of it.
1: Mm
2: -mm. Um, this was like a week long retreat for Marines and, um, I made friends out there and they actually hired me on to do admin for them for a little while, but I was still really struggling with some things while I was out there. And, um, I ended up going down to Texas for a seven week, um, women's MST treatment program in Texas. And I did that. I completed that. Um, and it helped a little bit, you know, I feel like part of the healing journey is like, there's no one fix for everything. You just kind of take little nuggets here and there as you go and do the best you can with them. And then I went back to Missouri and I didn't really like Missouri. So I left there and back to South Carolina, um, in 2014. And I actually, um, started to buy a sailboat and I was going to live on a sailboat and I was fixing it up. Um, but the guy that I was buying it from ended up like there wasn't going to be an inboard engine cause it needed parts from France or some crazy thing like that. So I was like, well, I don't want a 35 foot sailboat without an inboard engine. So I, I backed out um, of the deal and I lost like a couple grand on that. But um, that was 2015 and I I remember, like, music's always been really important to me, but I was always doing, like, karaoke because I love singing. And, um, but that also ties into bars where you're drinking. And so it wasn't, like, a healthy outlet for me. And I remember Googling, like, music and veterans, and I found Creative Vets out in Nashville, and I applied for them, and I got accepted, um, and I actually went through their program in fit. January or February of 2016, um, but while I was in I was in Charleston in 2015, um, I took some of the songs that I'd written, and I didn't know how to play any instruments or anything. So all I had was like my lyrics and melody. and I went to a studio there, and it was my first time in the studio, and kind of trying to work with that. And um, <clears throat> the guys there like made like they did all the instrumentals for my songs, and um, I never released them because. I didn't like how they sounded, um, but it was, it was a good learning experience and the guys there were awesome. Um, really good guys. It was like oceans. No, not oceans. I can't even remember the name of the studio anymore. It's been so long. Um, but yeah, so then I did the creative vets, and, um, that kind of like got more into songwriting and, um, I got a guitar and I wanted to start learning how to play guitar so I could start, playing gigs and, like, having that healthier outlet for music instead of just, like, drunken karaoke. Um, And then I actually also joined a group of veterans that hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2016. So it was kind of like a colliding of um, nature and music. And as I was hiking the Appalachian Trail, I carried a Martin backpacker, and I learned how to play guitar while I hiked the Appalachian Trail. And um, I wrote some of my first full songs, like, where I'm playing guitar and I'm singing out on the trail and um when i got done with that i went back to south carolina for a little bit and then um decided to move to colorado i don't know if you can tell but i travel a lot and i've always been kind of a wanderer (laughs) Um,
0: i do know that about you a
2: little bit of a gypsy maybe Um, yeah well, we we moved around so much when i was growing up and then moving around the marine corps and then it just always kind of felt more natural to me and if i'm in one place for too long I like I start feeling stagnant, I don't know. Not saying it's healthy or not. It just is what it <laughs> is.
0: <laughs> that's where you're at right now, right? Eh? I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, I just nowhere has ever really felt like home. Like I just home is on the road. Not to be like cheesy, but yeah. So I I went I moved out to Colorado and I lived in Colorado for like four years, and that's like the longest I'd lived anywhere since high school. Um. And I played gigs while I was out there and I started, you know, really trying to hone my craft, like learn guitar and kind of get a feel for like the music business and like the music industry. And, um, in 2020, I applied for Operation encore, which I also Googled somehow. I don't remember how I found them. And, um, I got accepted in 2020 and then COVID happened and, um, I moved back to South Carolina and I lived with my sister for a little bit. And then, um, I didn't. I don't. I was tired of South Carolina, and I had dreamed about living in an RV for a long time. Just because I'd always traveled so much, and it was kind of like this. It sounded just. It sounded perfect for me. I wouldn't have to keep getting an apartment and keep moving all my stuff and doing all the deposits and everything. And just you know, and then you're stuck in that place for a year because you signed a, <laughs> a lease. So yeah. I finally. Like it had never felt like it was like the right time or I just could afford it or whatever. So I finally just like bit the bullet and I traded in my Jeep for a van. And then I drove down to Alabama where my aunt lives. Um, And I stayed in her guest room and used her garage and built out my van. And it took me four months to build it out. And I got some help. Um, There's an army veteran, um, Logan. He's in west virginia is called mountaineer van works and he actually helped i drove up there and he helped put in my um my fan and my bunk windows and gave me this butcher block top and taught me how to do all the electrical and started me out and um that was really cool that he did that so if anybody's looking for um a van build check out mountaineer van works <laughs> it's a hey, little plug yeah. but um yeah <laughs> and then i drove back down to alabama and i finished the build uh it was probably one of the hardest things i've done i've never built anything in my life um and it's not perfect but i love it because it's mine and i did it And
0: exactly Uh, there's probably so much more appreciation you know
2: yeah and there's only been like two things that have broken so (laughs) (laughs) and i've been able to fix it
0: (laughs) you're handy now you're a handy woman
2: I know when I started, I couldn't even work one of those electric drills. Like, I kept holding it like this, and the bit kept falling out, and I couldn't figure out why. But it was because I was holding the front part. So I had it was a learning curve, and I now I can work all I know how to work a pocket hole, drill, all the things jigsaw, circular saw, table saw, (laughs) all the saws.
0: Well, now that your house, you know, dries and moves, you're definitely going to have to. Have to learn real quick, and you never know when you're uh, gonna have to fix something. You might have to pull over and fix it. So,
2: yeah, Definitely it's been I, a huge confidence builder with just being able, to like, because like I never even knew how to put like windshield wiper fluid in your van in your car. So I was like, I mean, it's not hard, but it, I never knew how to do it or where it was. So
0: right. Well, shoot, man, yeah. that you're people could take their cars to you now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not there yet.
2: Yeah, I've been driving around, and I left. I left Alabama May of 2021. No, 2022. Yes, May of 2022. I left Alabama, and I started heading west. I went through Texas, and then up to Oklahoma, and over to Colorado. And I spent like a month in Colorado. Um, maybe even two, almost two months, because I was on the front range and I caught up with all my old friends and I played a bunch of gigs, and then I just went out into the mountains and just explored. And I, you know, played random gigs that I came across out there. Um, like there was a a lodge in Sinoran. It's called Arrowhead Lodge, and it's in the middle of nowhere. It's like ten thousand feet, and I went out there and I played, and I kept getting encore's, and I ended up playing for like seven hours.
0: You are literally a uh, modern day gypsy.
2: <laughs> I love, and I love, I think my favorite part, cause talking about mental health, like when I was in an apartment, it was very easy for me to, you know, hide away and I could shut my door and not talk to anybody for two weeks and nobody would know, you know? So it's like, I, I was a hermit and I, the depression would set in and it would get worse. But with van life, it's like, I'm forcing myself out into the world and i'm like constantly moving i'm constantly meeting people i'm constantly like in the world so it's funny that everybody seems to think that my van life is me running away and like hiding and i'm like i'm more social in the last year and a half than i have been like the last 10 years so it's it's been really good for me in that sense and i i've met so many cool people on the road and i have friends everywhere now so it's 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 been pretty amazing in that sense and then just the freedom like I can pick up and go and yeah, I can go off into the woods for a week if I want to, if I need to recharge, but then I just go right back and I, I uh, explore new places and meet new people. And I've been in Alaska since June 2nd, um, which is funny because like my first summer, I spent a lot of time in Colorado, Wyoming and Montana, which Glacier National Park is still my favorite place ever. I don't know what it is. Alaska's beautiful too, but like when I was in Glacier, it's like. Like literally, my soul comes more alive. I don't know. It sounds really cheesy. Okay, but...
0: so you kind of answer. Maybe you answer my question. I was gonna say, out of all the places you've traveled, what's your absolute favorite? That's
2: glacier. Yeah, yeah, I love Glacier National Park. It's still my favorite. Alaska's pretty close, and I love Colorado. And I still haven't made it to much of the West Coast. Like I haven't done van life on the West Coast at all yet. I've been to the West Coast, just not in van life. Um, but I've kind of been avoiding it because. The gas prices are a lot higher over there, and yeah, I, I was gonna go there this time around, um, but I had to cut a leg of my trip off um, for time. didn't have time um, to go okay. that. Way. So maybe I'll go there this this winter, this fall, or winter. I I I'm really still learning how to best plan ahead and how to plan my gigs along the trek. Um, and balancing like van life, adventuring with music. And, um, I've been here since June 2nd. I drove up. I feel like I'm losing track of my last summer. I was in Montana and then I went back down and I spent the holidays with family. And then I did an apprenticeship in Nashville for four months. So I was, it was really hard for me to be stuck in Nashville for four months. <laughs> um, Cause I wanted to keep adventuring, um, but I make good friends and I was able to connect with, um, you know, Rachel Hill, she's with Operation Encore. So I was, re- I was able to like actually spend time with, and I feel like she's one of my good friends now. So that was really cool. And I met her family and they're awesome. But I, uh, <clears throat> I left Nashville in April and I actually got this opportunity in Alaska Um, through Operation Encore because we did a songwriting retreat in Georgia last October and Otz Kilcher and Jim Anderson came out there and invited a bunch of us um, out to Alaska for this summer. Um, We spent like 10 days so I'd already wanted to do a trip to Alaska in the van and that was kind of like prompted me to like yes this is where you should go this summer and um, so I left Nashville and I went down I visited family So it was like my second cross-country trip because I went to North Carolina to the Outer Banks, which was beautiful. Uh, I definitely want to go back there because I didn't get to see the wild horses. Um, But then I uh, I went down to South Carolina and Alabama and then back through Texas. And this time I got to go to Phoenix, which was my first time in Arizona. And I fell in love with Sedona. Um, It's a beautiful, beautiful area. The whole area up there, Sedona, was my first time at Grand Canyon. Um, I want to go back to that area because I didn't get to go to Horseshoe. Um, Horseshoe Bend is it called? Um, and I drove like by Bryce Canyon area and I was like, okay, I'm coming back here because I wanted to spend more time. But the colors are just vibrant and beautiful and it's just, it's a really pretty area. And then I drove up through Utah and I visited friends in Salt Lake City and played a little music and then I went up to. Um, Montana, and I went back to Glacier because <laughs> I love it there. And I played a little music. And then I drove through Canada and I got to cross off a bucket list item at Banff National Park and Lake Louise. And um, I took 10 days to drive through Canada. What is that?
0: Is that your music? No. <laughs> I have no clue where it's coming from. I keep hearing that once in a while.
2: It's coming out of my phone, but yeah.
0: Is that out of your phone?
2: It's not my phone playing. That is so weird. Yeah, no, it's not mine.
0: (laughs) I have no idea where that is from or what that is coming from. My gosh, that's crazy. (laughs) I that's the second time I've heard a song come through. And I (laughs) I didn't know if it was just on your end or my end.
2: (laughs) It's like that weird you have like the the uh what is it, the fillings in your mouth that pick up radio stations. Do you
0: know what I mean? <laughs> right. What it was going like, is it worth it? I was like, dang, okay. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm changing jobs. <laughs> I thought
0: maybe that was your ringtone. I was like,
1: okay, Barbara, all right. <laughs> uh,
0: no. All right. So all right, we got a little <laughs> uh,
1: but uh but yeah. let's see some
0: pictures of actually alaska since you made it up there
2: um was, i, I wasn't
0: pulled, sure. some, pulled some <laughs> pictures out let's, see, let's look, talk about them a little bit
2: yeah so this was my most recent little trek um it was a boat ride my friend anna got me a seat on um discovery tour boat with captain victoria And they took us out to Seldovia, which is, you can only get to this town via boat or airplane. It's across the Kachamek Bay from Homer. That's
0: really cool.
2: Yeah. yeah. And this is just little islands kind of out there. I don't even, I can't tell you the names of the islands. I'm not a local, but (laughs) they all have names. But It is just so beautiful. Yep. It is
0: really beautiful there.
2: Yeah. And this was low tide. You can see ah. where it's low tide and then like the water comes up. And we're standing on a bridge right there.
1: Okay. That's cool. Yeah,
2: and that's just out in the Ketchumek Bay. If you, I think we're looking at there's some glaciers. There's like ice fields and glaciers all along the back of that mountainous area right there, which I'm going to be hiking this week or next. I'm going to get a, a boat ferry over to hike um, Gruent Glacier. I'm excited. That's so cool. And then this is Seagull Island. And this is like where all the birds go to um, have babies. (laughs) Like if we got pictures of like all the little babies (laughs) that had just hatched (laughs) Ah. like um, there's seagulls. And I can't even remember all the names of the birds that are hanging out on that Island, but it's called seagull Island. A lot of seagulls. Yeah. And then some of these rock formations, when we got really up close, it was really cool. It's like, Geologists from all over the world will come to like check it out um, like millions of years of just I think it was like lava and there's like three different types of types of rocks that are unusually formed together there. Um, it was really cool. If you like geology. <laughs> oh, This is the one. Yeah, that's the one that has if you look on the very tip, the black part, that's the lava. And then there's like red rock. And then if you, if you zoom in on the photo, you can see like really cool like. Designs in the rock from it all being mushed together.
0: That's
2: so cool. <laughs> Not a scientist. <laughs> That's a sea otter. There's so many sea otters. It's really That's cool. I haven't art. seen
1: nice.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen any whales yet. So hopefully soon.
0: No. Well, so how long are you out in Alaska?
2: I'm What's here your... to the end of August. So I'm going to be end leaving. There... Yeah, I wanted to spend all summer, and I probably would stay longer, but I'm going to. I'm going to HeroStock. Are you going to be there?
0: Absolutely. Yay. I am going to be there. I'm flying out. We're gonna. I'm going to be there the eighth through uh, the tenth. I'll be there that whole weekend.
2: Well, it better be amazing because I'm leaving Alaska early to make it that.
0: I'll tell you what. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's gonna. Yeah. Trust I'm me. Sure. I'm not flying all the way out there for it not to be amazing either. I'll make it amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if Nebraska is ready for. Me to be out there, you know what I mean? I don't know if they're not if they're not ready.
2: There's a lot the of people converging in Ashland, Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I'm leaving here the end of August. My last gig is the twenty sixth. And then I want to drive up to Talkeetna so I can see Denali, because I can't come to Alaska and not see Mount Denali. And then um I'm gonna go up to Fairbanks and um and then I'm going to go back over and drive back through Canada. <laughs> is it's Canada beautiful. rough? It, it's so- I
0: mean, you kind of, you kind of glazed over Canada. you talked about a lot of places, but I, um, I imagine you've, you had to drive through Canada for a minute.
2: Canada is beautiful. I took 10 days to go through. I went through Banff national park, which was beyond what I imagined it would be. It was so beautiful. Um, thankfully, when I went through gas prices were like really decent, like cheaper than I expected. So I spent less money than I thought I was going to on gas. It wasn't hard to find camping. Um, Everybody was really nice. I don't know. It was funny. It was funny getting all the warnings about going through Canada and then actually experiencing it. I I enjoyed it. Um, And then I went through the Yukon. I didn't have any service. But then what got really rough, two days of no service kind of made me nervous because I was like, if something goes down in these two days, like, I don't have a plan. I'm just going to sit here and wait for somebody to drive by and hopefully it's when a nice person, you know? So
1: I need to have a better oh. plan,
2: better safety plan. But, um, when I went through the Yukon, it was otherworldly, like parts of the Yukon. Like I was like, I could stay here for however long. I posted some of those pictures, I think, or maybe it was a story that I did, but it was like this turquoise shallow lake, And part of it was like dried up and like the wind was blowing this white sand. And then right behind that was like these snow covered mountains. (laughs) It felt like a convergence of worlds. It was just, it was beautiful. And it was like not too hot, not too cold. So, and it was, it was really pretty. And uh, that was in the Yukon. And then once I hit, I think it was Lake Watson. That's when the road got really rough. And there's all these snow drifts from when, the ice melts and it like pushes the cement up or the concrete whatever i don't know asphalt it like pushes it up and so there's like these dips and everything in the road
0: You're there like no. this <laughs>
2: yeah and everybody warned me about them but the first time i hit one i didn't see it in time and the whole van just went like this and i was so sure i was going to tip over but i didn't yay but yeah, so then I was like driving really slow and then it got, the road just got really rough like potholes and you can't even like enjoy the scenery because you're like dodging potholes. But so from like, I think it was like Lake Watson and then, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the name of the town already. It was like the last main town in the Yukon. It'll come to me later. Anyway, and then I got to Toke, Alaska and that's kind of when the roads got a little bit better, but... That's the only thing that was really rough because it's like you're fighting your steering wheel with crosswinds because there's a, it's just like wide open. Like it's the wilderness for a lot of the time. You just look out and all you see, there's like no civilization. It's just wilderness, which is really cool and really scary. And um and you're fighting crosswinds and then you're battling snow drifts and dodging potholes. So it just can get kind of exhausting. It'd be nice to have like a wow. a driving partner to like, take turns (laughs) like trade off that's
0: going to be rough so you must not i mean either a you get adequate enough sleep because i know driving for maybe like six hours or something like that i'd be wanting to like conk out after a while
2: yeah and i have have any
0: issues driving on the road or you try to stay off the road during the nights
2: um well didn't get really dark once i got up into canada because it was like you know canada kind of has that same like longer days the more north you go, but, um, I don't like to drive at night, especially in cities because of the glare from all the lights. Um, but out on, you know, back roads and like places that aren't very congested, it's not as bad because you're not like getting the constant headlights in the eyes. But, um, yeah. And I try not to drive. Like (laughs) I talk to people who drive like 16 hour shifts and I'm like, I can't do that. Like I plan out my route where I'm usually driving like Eight to nine hours each section. And then I'll stop and camp. And like, I stopped in um, the yard hot springs for like two days. And I was like soaking in the hot springs. I'm like, yeah. Oh,
0: hell yeah. (laughs) Sheesh. But
2: but I I also have rheumatoid arthritis. And so my joints get really stiff and sore. So I'm constantly like stopping and stretching and taking Advil because I'm fairly old now. (laughs) But yeah.
0: I know that life, unfortunately, too. But, yeah, uh, but how awesome like, is that, have, though?
2: Like that stoppy, you. you just adjust yeah. around. And,
0: like, That's right. You just work perfect. through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you got to sit there and massage your hand to open it up once in a while or something because I I'm, I definitely understand. Um, yeah. But uh, so, like, about Alaska, I've always wanted to go to Alaska. Um, yeah. Now, the days and in- all that stuff. Like you said, the longer days, uh, how was that for you? And have you ever been to Alaska before this, or this was your first time ever being in Alaska?
2: This is my first time here. I've dreamt about it for a a long time. Um, but yeah, the, the, the constant day was very disorienting and it still is kind of, but you get a little bit more used to it. Um, but my van's also very well, like, like I have all these, like,
0: you can black it out pretty well.
2: Yeah, I out, and then like I, I have this blackout curtain that goes oh, yeah. across nice. the cab area. So when I want it to be, it's pretty dark in here, um, so I can sleep well. Um, and then you just set alarms when you want to wake up so you're not sleeping all day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you like,
2: but it's also really cool because, like, I don't know if you saw my post about my ocean dip, but I was like swimming in the ocean at like nine, ten o'clock at night, and yeah. it was like, yeah. felt like day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's so cool. I, I just, I mean, I, I think it would throw me off. And so, to, how do you, do you just like eventually start telling yourself like, all right, I need to probably go to bed. It's like 10 p.m. right now.
2: It sneaks up I mean, on you. You can fit you a lot just... more today. Yeah. And if you're out there eventually, yeah, it's sure. like, oh yeah, or like especially like if you go out to dinner or you go out for drinks, and you're like, oh, it's still daylight, I got time. But then you you look at your watch and it's like 11 p.m. and you're like, oh no.
0: oh no no. (laughs) went a little hard tonight (laughs)
2: yeah it can be a little crazy uh, crazy. it is crazy
0: (laughs) yeah that would be a a bad place like for like a las vegas to be at or something i mean las vegas doesn't need uh help with you know daylight people go in the casinos and walk out and it's sun you know walk in when it's sunny and walk out when it's sunny but like gosh dang uh, the amount of partying do they still close things down like normal hours or do they kind of keep it open or does everybody kind of treat night like night there or is it kind of different
2: yeah and especially it's like a small town so i think most places close around eight or nine p.m and then just like anywhere there's like a few late night places um i remember when i went up to anchorage um and i played that gig with Schaefer, you know Schaefer mueller we played that game oh, yeah. um <clears throat> happy's my one that, of my
0: favorite songs right now which one's that happy his song happy,
2: oh, happy. yeah yeah yes. he's got good ones but yeah he played that festival um he opened for chris young and after he played uh, the, a group of us went out um to went out on the town in anchorage and i'd only been there for what a month already and I was still kind of getting used to the, day, the we had time. Yeah, like
0: Shannon Book out there, JB Brown, and yeah, yeah we were a wild, the- a wild bunch of people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we I mean, were at we were in the wilderness, so we didn't go like out in the town.
0: Okay, um, well that that's lucky. It was really cool. Like, we,
2: were, we were running chainsaws and chopping down trees, and like wheeling through the mud. And
1: oh hell
2: yeah! we went and hiked out to a. Uh, we crossed a river on a little boat, and we hiked up through a valley or a field out to an old homestead cabin. And then we like sat by the river and played music. It wow. was really, it was amazing. Yeah, that is
0: cool. Yeah. That, what an opportunity and an yeah. opportunity for you guys to connect and get to know each other. Yeah, know, that group of people, I'm sure you guys all really got to know each other really well.
2: Yeah. It was really special to get to share that experience with the group that was out here. That's great. What is
0: that? You hear that again, right?
2: Yeah, (laughs) like people talking.
0: Whoa, okay. (laughs) What is this? What is going on? (laughs) The aliens, like, okay, so they just talked about aliens. Like, I mean, what's going on here? They're
2: hijacking. I think the aliens, once in a while already that's just my opinion
0: yeah uh, you know they're here they need elements that they don't have wherever else they got
2: <laughs> you know they say blue eyed people are descendants from aliens
0: <laughs> Oh, <Uh-oh>, look! <laughs> uh, she likes to travel too people and she likes to be on her own <laughs> that's right <laughs> so yeah you're gonna make your way up to uh hero stock that's exciting and then yeah. uh, from there what is your plans you got any i mean do you got to like kind of uh budget this all out plan it all out make sure you know you get the funds aligned and all that stuff and make sure you always have a, a place to go a place to stay so are you yeah, kind of that- doing research before you leave is that your 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 deal or how do you kind of prepare yourself for the next destination
2: yeah so i've been kind of doing like two to four weeks at a time like i'll Make a general plan for the month and then it kind of shifts like week to week.
0: <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. It's once like, you kind of get into one of the plans, it's like, oh, well, this one's now turning into this now.
2: You got to be very flexible and just kind of ride the waves sometimes. So that's been fun too, though. Like it's kind of my vibe. Like I just like to wing it, but I do like to have a general plan. And right now, my general plan <laughs> is leaving here the end of August, going back through Canada to Hero Stock by the 9th. And then after that, I got to be in Philly by the 16th for the vet fest that I'm playing. And then after that, I have like no plans. Like I have no idea what I'm doing after September 16th. Like, I don't know what my fall or my winter looks like. Um, I sent out a few messages today to kind of get some feelers out for maybe. Um, I might meander down the East Coast and visit some family. Um, But then I want to go see my friend in Colorado because she just had a baby. And I want to meet her baby before it's like five years old because
0: they grow so fast i know they're doing a big event uh vets for life uh in south carolina uh, yeah. october ish time frame so if you're in the east coast around there be probably a good event to go check out um with sean Laurie's group uh vets for life they're uh doing a lot of different events on september 9th they're actually doing something in texas as well nice. the same day but uh yeah yeah so check that's
2: that i'm always down for like Throw me any ideas, any events that need some music or any events in general where I can just hang out and camp and meet people and connect.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: That's been my main focus for for my van life is. So my secret recipe for success or for my, men, for my personal mental health has been um, music, nature, and God i went through a program in 2017 called advancing warriors and it helped me reconnect with god and you know with all the trauma i've had a lot of sexual trauma um and finding my worth and um and, and things like that was a, a big obstacle for me so in 2017 when i went through that i was able to reconnect and find a really good community where i could talk about that kind of stuff um, and rebuild that confidence and that self-worth and uh so god's been a major major player in my healing and he is That's the one true right. Healed, right so he's the only one that can truly heal me where i need to be healed so god and the nature because everybody feels better outside right or is i don't know anybody i've never met anybody that didn't feel better by going outside
0: you know a lot of people though that don't deal with their traumas or their stresses tend to keep themselves super busy or always surrounded by other people can't do things alone don't like to be alone um mm-hmm. th- you have been put in a position where you've you're, you're driving alone you you know maybe you got the the radio here and there uh, but there's yeah. those op- places that you hit where there's just absolutely shit for service unless you got re- you know recorded on your playlist but you know you have that a lot of time to self reflect deal with some things i mean i know sometimes l- loneliness can be It could be really bad, too. It depends on uh, your surroundings. But uh, sometimes when you're by yourself, you're forced to deal with things because your mind is more open to it because you're not just bombarded by so many different things. So, I mean, that's a great thing, I guess. And part of your healing is, is, you know, traveling and music and nature. It's all been a great thing for you. You know, disconnecting.
2: I think being alone is a choice and loneliness I kind of think of it as not a choice. So when you're alone, like I enjoy being alone, it's how I recharge, it's where I find my balance. And then loneliness is when you don't want to be alone and you miss that connection with people. And so you, you can, you know, make choices to combat the loneliness, um, finding a good community and good like healthy friendships and relationships to combat that loneliness. But I think being alone is a, it's good for me in that sense, which I've always been kind of happier alone. But it's also something that I'm working on in some ways too is that when I'm by myself I feel very even keeled. I feel confident. I feel happy, relaxed. And then when I'm trying to be in like groups of people, I that I that energy kind of throws me off. So I feel a little off kilter. And so learning to keep that peace and that and that balance in the midst of being in a group of people and not letting other people's opinions and voices kind of make me me feel
0: some kind of way yeah
2: yeah yeah i I get it
0: and it's it is a hard thing to get especially uh when we live in a very judgmental society you know um you know and always keeping up with the joneses or anything like those type of things i mean we have a lot, a lot of societal pressures as human beings. It's, it, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it hard. And, um, uh, yeah, it, in, in trying to learn that, you know, and, and this is something that's just happened to me as of recent too, is, is, is learning that, you know, it's not anybody else's responsibility for my happiness. You know, my happiness is for me and within I could be happy In any situation or be upset about any situation, uh, you know, depending how we handle it as human beings, you know, Um, but being able to get to the healthier spot in your life and, and, and kind of have a clear space in your head makes things so much easier to deal with. And in reaction is, is another thing I, I can see my reaction is so much better now since I've been able to kind of work on some of my things. That have created my zero to 60 or you know whatever now i'm starting to learn more of like no don't just react on impulse because sometimes we can be vi- vital right off rip when we react to something yeah and reactions create action you know and in wherever whichever way you react it can create some kind of action it could go really mm-hmm. bad or it could go really good uh, based off how you react to a scenario.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's important to find that, that inner peace and balance, which I find through my relationship with God. And like, as I build my confidence back up and my self-esteem and I'll be less affected by, you know, other people's opinions or voices. And so the more, the more you work on that inner self, the inner work, um, the less likely you will be affected by those outer forces. Right.
0: And you can give everybody the best version of you. Exactly. You know and and, uh, whether they like it or not, it doesn't matter. You know, and you get to a point in life where you can start laughing at yourself and start you know having a good time with your own self. you know who cares what everybody else thinks? you know, like you can laugh at your own jokes. It doesn't matter, you know, you're having a good time, and we live with each we we live with ourselves the most, right?
2: and not we, there's no
0: escaping is- ourselves. So, we got Not to love ourselves.
2: Excuse tra- me. Not everybody deals with trauma the same either. Like, right. some people do really well alone. Some people yep. don't really, do really well alone. Yep. Like, when I'm by yep. myself, like I'll dance. I'll act like silly. I'll be goofy. I'll whatever. But then, like when I'm around other people, I wouldn't dance in front of people for a long, long time because of the insecurities that would build up. And uh, which is really funny because I just danced with, me, with one of my friends the other night and we just had a good if time. If
0: you want to gain things. some securities, watch some of my videos and I'm in there just. I mean, I've been on my wacky Wednesdays and no one's showing up and I'm in there listening to music and just dancing and I'm, you know, I've even been on TikTok and and people and they're just talking crap about me because I'm just in there like, boom, boom, having a good time. You know what I mean? Like if you ever want to feel better about yourself, watch some of my videos.
2: You know? <laughs> no, cause then it's so comparison. But I did find like when you were saying like happiness, like, there is definitely that like, and this goes back to like my faith is that joy and peace that you feel that's found through God and happiness to me is just a fleeting emotion. Like, and I think there's a lot of like, I guess people are calling like toxic positivity these days where like, if you're not happy all the time, you're failing at life. But I think it's important to know that you can have, you can be happy and you can be sad. And it's just part of life. It's like, depending on the day, depending on the circumstances or things that happen to you, but that inner joy and peace comes from God and that can't be shaken if you build that relationship with him. Yeah. And so just understanding that, like, you can still have that inner joy and peace and then still have days where, you you know, I'm not happy today. Like,
1: yeah.
2: but that's okay.
1: <laughs>
0: like what, you know, I'm not to throw my wife's uh, business out there too much, but like today she's having a rough day and uh, a little emotional. Uh, I just went and hugged her and gave her a big, you know hug told her lover and said, "You know what? It's okay. You're okay. It's okay to have a bad day, but we'll get through it and it's all going to be good." You know what I mean? But it's okay to cry. It's okay to have those emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll just we'll work through them. You know what I mean? And we'll get past it and and that kind of stuff I I think, you know, in my the way I see it is we didn't have a a bad day all day. You know, once I kind of said that to her, I think it just that kind of turned her around, you know. Like, oh, you know, and, and so it's just good for us as uh, people to sometimes realize, hey, you know what? It's it's okay not to be okay.
1: Yeah.
0: But you know the the where it gets to be unhealthy is when you can't get out of that being okay. And you hold on you know? to it, yeah. right? It and you just idea. and you're and you're lingering on and you're stuck. That's yeah. when it, when it's not healthy. But it is healthy for us to go through things. And for us to have trials, tribulations that sometimes builds us, builds characters in who we are and makes mm-hmm. us great people for later on and makes us advocates for other people's it makes mm-hmm. us a voice for someone else to say, Oh shit, look at them. They're doing this. They're okay. You know, it's not that bad, you know? Um, Cause I assure you, I can show you my heap of shit of stuff that I've been through in my life, but that didn't, I'm not going to allow that to define me and that's not going to be my end story. You know, how we begin doesn't need to be how we end, you know, oh. and we can, we, we all have that ability to create and, and 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 make those paths that we want to go down. We can make those choices as people, you know, we don't have to go down the same path as everybody else because our path may not look like their path you know, and, and, and that's okay. We don't all need to have the same path. That doesn't mean you're any less of a person. If you're not on the same path as someone else, or you're not on the same hierarchy or whatever, that, Mm -hmm. that doesn't define us as humans.
2: And that's going back to the comparison as a thief of joy and our society like pushes that so hard, especially with social media. Like you see everybody's perfect life on social media and you just, you know, that's real.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for instance, and I, and I hate to say it, but it's like just recently, you know, um, a wife, one of my wife's good friends and husband went through a nasty divorce and it's now all over Facebook, but for all the years, it's just, every picture has always been, wow, what happened? They look so happy. Yeah. Well, that's because we know them on Facebook, but you know, I mean, and, and anything looks good on a snip, or a you know quick little 15 second reel or whatever we can make ourselves all look a certain way yeah. and then as soon as that camera goes off it can be like fuck you bitch you know you know what i mean or whatever it could just yeah. the, the, the the flip the switch type thing you know i mean it's, what people sometimes see on here is they think it's also real and they take they think that they going glamour size or or uh Get so excited about some of these people and they absolutely know nothing about them. You know, there's been some of these TikTok famous people that are murders <laughs> that are that have been found as murderers, you know what I mean? It's just and these people out there are you know glorifying them, saying, Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, well, we can all do that and make ourselves, but you know, it's not always real what you see in those little snippets.
2: It's edited. And I will say, like, yeah. if you look at my Instagram, you see all these adventures and pretty photos and things like that. But even here in Alaska, I've had old shit bubbling up that I've had to deal with again. I'm like, man, I thought I put that to rest. And I've had bouts of depression. And I'm like, you can be in the most beautiful location and depression can still find you. So it's, it's, that's another thing where it's like happiness is in a location or it's, it's that source of joy that I have to like keep reconnecting to. And it's a daily choice. Like, not only daily choice to like follow Jesus and not the world is a daily choice to be self-aware. Um, you know, it's okay to like have sad days, like we said, but um, yeah, going back to that, it, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, but it's okay. Nope. It's just a constant, it's a journey. It's a constant lesson. You're constantly growing and changing and having different, obstacles or different challenges or yeah and some things are hard to to work through and you have to keep coming back to them I think I was talking to my friend Anna yesterday I was like it's like you work on it a little bit and then you think you have it under control and then like a year later you got to work on a little bit more and part of me thinks that's like our brain's way of like protecting us because if some of the things you've been through like if you had to deal with it all at once it'd be so overwhelming so it's just it's that journey it's little stepping stones and it's It doesn't always look how
0: you think it would look. No, I mean, and you know, I think that, uh, we are always work in progress. Uh, I think that as long as we are here, we're always work in progress and we can always learn something from the next person too, because there's just, I, I don't think that anybody could just know everything in this world. There's just so much knowledge, so much things, you know, um, it's
2: so important to have compassion, like compassion for others, but also like self-compassion. Yep. Cause I think, people, especially in the military veteran world, like people are so hard on themselves. If they're not doing well, they're like beat each other up. They beat, they beat themselves up. They're like, man, I'm, I'm weak. I'm like, I've even come across veterans who are like PT PTSD. Isn't real. You're just weak minded. I'm like, no, my friend, <laughs> it's a chemical change in your body. And it's part of the ways. you the brain's
0: way of like i wish it was i fucking wish it was some bullshit i wish it was i wish it was a a, a switch i could throw off i wish i didn't feel sharp pains down my feet and my arms and you know those types of things when it happens and i don't you know i'm not like asking for you know those kind of things yeah I, i mean it i think that we're we are
2: so good there it is again
0: this is wild
2: <laughs> it looks amazing i'm so excited she's so excited
0: this where is this coming from like
2: what were you watching before you started
0: nothing i don't think i have anything on let me make sure i mean that is so wild. <laughs> like You would think that if it was something from my phone that it would constantly be going.
2: Yeah. But it's like coming and going.
0: Yeah. Like this, uh,
2: I wonder like it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You're like picking up some kind of like random signal from somewhere.
0: (laughs) Right. Like I'm wondering if the Bluetooth on here is just like maybe one of my kids or something. Who knows? My daughter is home from college. So maybe, he's always on TikTok and stuff so i wouldn't be surprised but hey let's go ahead and listen to some of your music real quick and uh i'd love to l- listen to this song long way home it's one of my favorites i have several but uh this one in particular is one of my favorites so we'll go ahead and get that playing get some
2: yeah that one was written because someone told me that i really should be doing better by now and i was like well i guess i'm taking the long way there because it takes
1: Come here, A little bit. we we'll just past midnight. New town, just for the night. Taking some time to be on my own. I'm not running, I'm feeding my soul. And
2: you take a you
1: taking a detour taking some time to think hold on tight it's gonna be a wild trip taking the long the long way find the quiet places to stop between the stretches of black time little corners of the world where i've never been before Taking the way home, Let me the sight this modern age. Taking way home. Okay. Taking a detour, taking two times a thing for on long time. It's to be a while to take a long, long way. Oh. <laughs> the heaven was left behind, the not that was left ahead, ahead, the the a Taking the way home. Not ready to settle, wandering. Taking the Yeah.
0: All right, all right. That right there was Barbara Sim taking mm-hmm. the long way home.
1: All right. Yeah.
0: If you guys would like to check her out, go check her out on Spotify, Apple Music, uh all those places. Go check her out, download her music, give her some love, support. Uh also, mm-hmm. we play her all the time on the Gun Room Radio. So go check out the Gunroom Radio where we play nothing but veteran musicians, just like Barbara Sim.
2: <laughs> thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. That was beautiful. I love that song. I love that song and Rev it Up definitely are my favorites right now. Um, let's see. Take all this down. all right there we go there we are
2: hopefully hopefully right. it, um rec- hopefully it recorded better than what i could hear on my end
0: it, <laughs> it sounded, sounded super recording. clear over here so ho- yeah hopefully you did I, I definitely sounded clear on my end it might have been coming around a little rough on your end but uh yeah. hopefully yeah Because uh definitely. i have
2: like three cars so it's probably my phone
0: yeah it might be uh on this side, everything's showing good, and uh you're not coming across choppy or nothing either. So,
2: nice.
0: Said <laughs> Alaska Wi Fi out there, huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some places are better than others, but it's definitely hit or miss. And I need to get a better Wi Fi thing. I really want to get that Starlink because that's like, I hear that's really, really good. So, eventually, I'll get that.
0: Put it on the to get list, huh?
2: There's so many items on the to get list. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Number
2: one. Uh, how do you, hired.
0: how do you get your mail and stuff like that? Do you just do you uh, a PO, PO box or just whenever you want something mailed, you just like mail it to some, this person over here.
2: Yeah. So I, you can either do a PO box or sometimes, um, you can get it mailed directly to a UPS store in your area. If you know, you're going to be there for a while, which I've done a few times. Um, and then like my main mail goes to my sister's house and she like, just checks my mail for me and then sends me anything important.
1: Nice.
0: So that's so, been uh, With your music, uh, do you have any big plans for, are you working on any songs? Um, yeah. Where are you at with that journey?
2: I'm always working on new songs, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to save up because, you know, recording costs. So um, I'm just trying to get a good collection of songs that I want to do, like an EP or something, and then, maybe do like one of those fundraiser things like what is it um i can't remember what it's called anymore (laughs) it's like this thing that musicians use and they raise money for their for their upcoming album and then their fans get
0: okay that's cool i never even heard of that
2: just can't remember the name of there's like a bunch of different kinds but i'm blanking on all of the names of them right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's all good um so uh is there anything else that you want to tell us any, you know, I forgot or, uh, any words of encouragement for anybody out there?
2: Oh man, on the spot. Yeah. I'm still working on my story, like telling my story, talking about myself and like my life and, you know, especially the hard stuff is very challenging, but I think it's important. And, um, I'm just working on more and more, just putting my, my story out there and, and, hopefully inspiring others to know they're not alone and that there's, there's healing to be had and community and, um, just joy to be found. There is more life after service and more meaningful and joyful life after service. And so don't give up and find those healthy relationships and friendships and, and have a little self-compassion
0: and, and grace for yourself. I love it. Well, Barbara, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on, talk with us, tell, you know, talk about some of the tough things. Um, it's not always easy to talk about stuff. But like you said, it, there's people out there that can always learn from us. Um, it would be a shame for us all just to, to Harbor all our knowledge and not let others, you know, have an opportunity to learn from it and not have to go down the same path as us. Or if they are in that path, find a healthier way to get out of it. You know, cause some of us, uh, when we see something break broke, we would just want to fucking break it all the way, you know, and, and, or just keep breaking it even more. Um, and then sometimes after the dust settles, you start to realize, Oh my gosh, so much damage has been done. So yeah. I really appreciate your, you're coming on having the courage to talk to us. And um, I would love to have you on future and uh talk to Thank you me. again. And hopefully can't wait to meet you at Hero Stock. So uh, I'll be there. Yeah, I'm excited for that. It's gonna be a good time. Uh beat you in some cornhole and uh <laughs> we'll have some hey, good I've been time. Practicing
2: lately, so I feel
0: like oh, Okay. Yeah,
2: I almost won the last game I played. <laughs>
0: Shit, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I'm all challenged. She's like, Yeah, I've been sitting here practicing, fool.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, all right, we- Barbara. Well, uh, thank you again. And uh, I love listening to your music. I'm glad I get to play it on the gunroom radio. And okay. uh thanks again. And I hope you have an amazing trip back home and be safe.
2: Thank you.
0: We'll be in touch. I'll be in touch. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thanks, Barbara. You just hold tight. I'll be uh, back one second okay all right. Well, all right friends and fam that wraps up another great interview barbara sim she is an amazing person she's a marine how much more amazing does it get than that i can't tell you maybe i'm a little biased but uh go check out her music once again barbara sim music uh, go check her out on spotify apple music all those platforms that play music uh, give her a listen. She is an amazing person. Give her as much support as you can. But I hope you all have an amazing day out there. Make sure
1: it's not kicking your ass. Make sure you're out there kicking its ass. Until next time. er